Welcome to Making Shift Happen 180 Seconds at a Time. I'm Christy Braden. And I'm Brad Smith. Christy, we took a few months break from this we, podcast. We did, Brad, and I think it was because there wasn't much going on in the world to really talk about. That's right. So nothing much really went on. So hopefully we can bring a little activity uh, to this nation that desperately needs it. I kid, in, Brad. Yeah. I know we've seen some major shifts happen over the last three months. Yes. If ever you could say that shift happened, it happened in November, December, January, and even into February. We've seen a lot go on in this country and around the world over the past few months. And as we started thinking about it, one of the underlying elements that kind of ties them all together is followership. We've seen people follow different leaders, different individuals, different companies in many different ways over the past several months. So we wanted to spend these next several episodes around the notion of followership. What does it take to cultivate effective followership? What's the dark side of followership? And particularly these days, what do we as leaders need to do to ensure that we are uh, building our followership with those and, and making sure we're heading everybody in the right direction? So, Christy, to start out, how do we define the notion of followership? We think of followership as functional, not positional. So what do you do when you are a follower, regardless of where you sit in the org chart? First thing is the ability to take direction well when you're not leading something and to get behind a project, a program, or a decision and to function well as part of a team. And so many times I think we think of followers as people who are at lower levels within the organizational hierarchy, but that's not the case at all. If you think of a senior leadership team with big decisions and uh, members who are each needing to lead specific initiatives, followership is just as important at the, at the highest levels as it is anywhere else within the organization. As a senior leader and as a part of a senior leadership team, followership can look like aligning with a decision made by the team that wasn't necessarily your idea and doesn't necessarily benefit or highlight your particular function, but serves the enterprise as a whole. It can also look like being able to pause in your accomplishment of your team's objectives and let another initiative or another leader's priorities, quote, play through when right. needed. So you can't have all leaders and no followers. It doesn't work that way. And you never get to the point of leadership where you aren't also called to follow. Yeah, it's really interesting these days that we seem to be seeing a lot of leaders who are maybe are expecting followership, but don't have that ability or desire to do what you just said, uh, to be followers yourselves with your peers and with others. I know we have one client where followership is a big piece of their culture, but it not only means building followership of getting others to follow you, it also means you following others or kind of having that joint accountability and joint commitment to the success of everyone and not just one's own personal agenda. Today, as we say now more than ever, why is it more critical to both be a good follower and cultivate followership in order to make shifts happen today? During times of uncertainty, we all do need at least some sense of stability or some sense that uh, we are headed in, in a right direction and that we are ourselves doing something that is leading to the right direction. So having those leaders that you can sense have the confidence or have the compassion and can be that more stable voice in these times is truly important. Also comes to mind for me is just this notion of extending trust both as a leader and as a follower, 
becomes right. even more important in times when things are uncertain and ambiguous because you don't know the future. You don't know what the right thing to do is. You may not be able to see the, you know, the full picture of where you're trying to get. And so extending trust to others and to be led by them, as well as extending trust as a leader to your followers seems to play in really importantly these days. The notion of followership, if you look at the literature, there's a lot on the characteristics of leaders that you need to to gain followership. And we might call that effective followership. But there are also those that we've seen who have built strong followership by not exhibiting any of these qualities or by doing the opposite. So, you know, looking at that. Who might that be, Brad? You know, we're not a political show, but I, I I think people can make up their own minds about that. But before yeah. talking about maybe those differentiating characteristics, another piece is that not all followers are alike, right? They're, they're kind of certain types. And, mm. and as a leader, determining uh, how to influence, how to motivate uh, different types of folks that you need to or want to have uh, follow you is another skill that is, I think, underdeveloped today. Yeah, I, you know, the term that comes to me when you say that, Brad, is inclusive followership. How do you build a coalition that is inclusive and that invites everyone along for the journey, no matter what their starting point is, that everyone has the chance to go on the journey with you. And you do, you know, as you said, have to be situational depending on how people are wired. But the more diverse of a coalition that you can build and the more psychological safety that you can build for people to follow I think, you know, the better coalition, the more productive coalition that you're going to have at the end of the day. So maybe that's a pitfall that we can identify, which is in influencing different types of followers. How do you also bring along the different types of followers to make sure that you're being as inclusive as possible? Yeah, I love that notion of inclusive followership. And and we hear a lot, again, particularly over the past six to eight months around diversity, equity, inclusion, and trying to embed that more into practices. Mm-hmm. But have we really equipped our leaders with not only the mindset, but the skills to build this inclusive followership or to, you know, to continue to cultivate it? Can I throw out a capability you then may. for leaders to, if you want good followers, a capability to develop in yourself? The ability to hear criticism, challenges, and other ideas that aren't your own non-defensively. To avoid jumping to conclusions about either the intent of how those are offered to you or the content of how valuable they are. That's a big shift. Again, not that that wasn't uh, required or needed before, but if you look at a lot of the literature around followership over the past decade or more, you know, they talk about the characteristics of building trust or being that calm voice in the face of panic, having compassion, mm-hmm. the unwavering belief in uh, in a way to go. Those were the characteristics that many of the uh, academics as well as organizations were needing. Mm-hmm. And those are all great and still needed, but not enough, I don't think, anymore. And, you know, there are now enough examples of those who have built followership who don't possess those mm. qualities necessarily, yet they're still getting a lot of followers and they're still you know, building this, that kind of that dark side of followership. What can we do as leaders either to reverse that or kind of break through those that are uh, building followership and not exhibiting these effective capabilities? I wish I, I had the answer to that, Brad. <laughs> I don't know the answer either. <laughs> 
I guess one thing that I think is important is that followers are generally built one person at a time. And I think I'd go back to what you shared earlier about influencing different types of followers, which is a be the role model for healthy leadership, regardless of if there's toxicity around you, or you feel that, you know, you're the only healthy leader Uh in your organization, whatever your case may be, to me, the only thing we control is ourselves. So while we might have unhealthy, toxic leaders in the general arena of our world, as well as closer to home, the only thing that I can do is go back to my own values, my own integrity as a leader, and live those as best I can every day. To me, that's the antidote. And then I think in terms of cultivating followers, one relationship at a time, personalized to the individual, as we've discussed, making that time investment, carving out the time to build psychological safety and trust. And I think compassion and hope still comes into play because I think we also have to have the view that there are more of us than there are of them. There are more people who want to build good followership and healthy leadership and healthy followership, but we have to do it and we have to be bold about it. And we have to exercise that healthy leadership and followership in order to make that hope a reality. We can't hang back. We can't be neutral. You build followership either through hope and results or fear and rhetoric. And some people are motivated by kind of the fear and rhetoric, but the hope and results at the end of the day will always win over the fear and rhetoric. And when I think about being a follower and who I decide to follow, I think even putting myself in the shoes of which am I more likely to follow I agree with you that it's a blend because I also need to understand the stakes of not following. Yes, right. There is an amount of what's at stake to consider and to offer to followers. To me, that mix is like 2080 on the side of hope, a compelling vision of what we can create together. And like you said, uh, you know, the glimmer of a plan, iterative though it may be, and we may not have the whole roadmap out ahead of us, but the glimmer of a plan to get from where we are to where we could be. Our ask for others is in all of this uh, kind of chaotic time that we are in to think both about what you are doing to build that effective or positive followership among those that uh, you uh, need to bring something to a common goal or common conclusion. And uh, what are you doing to enhance your own followership skills from the other side as well, to uh, be able to work and follow with others, uh, both your peers, those that lead you, maybe those that you lead. Those who lead you, those who you lead, and those who you don't even know are looking to you for leadership yet. So what we want to do with this podcast going forward is to have a little bit longer discussion of issues like this and bring in after that a practical scenario, situation, organization of how this really comes into play in practice. So next time we'll give you a an organization where followership is really one of their core principles. How do they do it? Uh, what are some of the issues that they face? And what are they going to do next to really build followership within this age of constant change? Sounds really great, Brad. Can't wait for that conversation. In the meantime, go out and make shift happen.